Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. Hey guys, we're continuing to talk about the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit. Uh, This is going to be a second session of the gift of working a miracles gift. You know, we are so excited to talk about this because we believe the gospel of his kingdom must be show and tell, not in word only, but also in demonstration of the spirit and power. And we're going to be talking about the gift of working in miracles. This is one of the nine gifts of the spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. And last time we were going through just the definitions of what is the working in miracles gift you know some we're going through some commentaries i gave a testimony of the first time i really experienced the gift of working in miracles in my own life so today i wanted to kind of go more into something i teased out that uh the idea of the working in miracles gift of one of the nine gifts of the holy spirit what if that is actually connected to angelic ministry and i'm just going to share just a little bit of uh, even one more of my own testimony and then I'll get more into uh, basically the more descriptions and people's testimonies of what the work and miracles gifts look like in connection with angels so even in my own life many times uh, you may experience this as well but I see quick flashes of light so like just the other night we had a monthly prophecy training And I saw some of these quick flashes of light. And when I see these, I'm learning to know that it's related to angelic activity and angelic movement. So at our prophecy training, I led an altar call for anyone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the end. So I was especially uh, asking for those who have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit before. And I was asking for those who wanted to receive an impartation for the gifts of the spirit that they haven't really received yet. Uh, so as the meeting was going on, it was a two hour meeting throughout the time. I, I would see at certain points of people sharing in the teaching time, I would see flashes of light. And when I saw these flashes of light, I knew and it gave me courage and, and I was getting excited that they were a sign to me that angels were present to help with the prayers for impartation and with the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the end of the night. And even that night, we heard testimony from a friend that uh, they felt pressure, they felt weight pressing on their body, even felt power. And even as we were praying in the impartation time, there were several uh, physical manifestations, signs that were on people that they testified. Like I had people raise their hand. If you're feeling heat, if you're feeling some kind of fire on your body, raise your hand. And there were several people that raised their hand. I said, if you're feeling electricity, if you're feeling like a, that kind of vibration or, or, or that kind of sensation on your body, raise your hand. And several people raised their hand. And I also asked, if you're feeling tangible peace, uh, raise your hand. And we were praying. And I was explaining uh, just what some of the different manifestations uh, could mean, like the heat relates to the Holy Spirit releasing uh, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles 
is with more so electricity, like there's electricity, there's a power element, so he's releasing gifts of miracles. And the tangible peace is, I believe, more so uh, related to the revelatory gifts, like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, gifts of prophecy, discerning of spirits, because revelation at best comes forth in, a, in the heart and culture of peace. So it makes sense to me that that's a sign of what that means. But I was just excited that night because it's definitely all these signs that happen on people and the, the physical manifestations, I believe they're because of angelic involvement and partnership while releasing words of the Father's will in the prayer time. And, you know, I, uh, just to get into this just a little bit more, you know, how does the working of miracles gift in the gifts of the Spirit relate to angelic ministry? You know, I wish I could direct your attention to several explicit statements in the New Testament that would answer that question, but neither the gospel writers, Paul, nor anyone else seems to be overly concerned with the matter. But I would only remind you that what follows from here on out is from personal experience and from other people's testimonies and stories. It doesn't come from Scripture. It's not Scripture. So that doesn't mean my comments and my stories and what I'm about to share is contrary to Scripture, but I only want to emphasize that the Word of God is silent on some of these issues. So we're going to go into a teaching clip from author and prophetic minister Jamie Galloway. He's going to share a unique perspective on the gifts of the Spirit's connection with partnership with angelic powers. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. what about the gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit tell us there's two specific gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit two of the nine are specifically geared towards this function. The gift of discerning of spirits and the gift of workings of powers. The gift of working of powers have been translated to the gift of workings of miracles. But the, the, the powers in that verse is not just miraculous uh, powers, but powers that are heavenly powers. We talk about God as Jesus has been raised above all principality and powers. What if one of the gifts of the Spirit has been given so that we could have partnership with the angelic? The heavenly powers, not the powers that are against Jesus, but the powers that work for him. We can begin to tap into this by simply having faith in Jesus. This, you go, well, okay, this is all weird. This is all strange. Does that have anything to do with like real life? My friend goes on, he ends up getting a, uh, an opportunity to go to the most prestigious film school in Hollywood, in L.A., excuse me, L.A., and he goes to L.A., he first has to interview in New York City, he goes up, he got in. Now, he was out, walk, he's out working together with Steven Spielberg's film, film crew on one of his films, and it was raining that day, and so he's out on the cliff looking or out on on the hills of Hollywood overlooking LA Los Angeles and he's sitting there it's raining and this rain has sabotaged their shoot for the day they can't shoot film that day and so he's sitting there overlooking the LA and he and he, he looks up to the sky as it's raining and he just begins to speak I command the storm to go in Jesus name let the storm end let the rain end and let there be sunny skies in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden the storm 
that's raining down stops. The clouds part and it, they're pushed back. And he's standing there watching this event. And he looks, he turns around to go back and there's a man standing there from Steven Spiller's film crew smoking a cigarette. And he looks at him and he goes, whoa, man. <laughs> he says, that's some Moses stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this changes your thinking it changes us to believe that anything is possible all things are possible come on isn't that good we're gonna open up some realms here ha so that you could begin to see okay and hear and sense okay these are wonderful experiences in the holy spirit and Holy Spirit, he has given us a gift of discernment of spirits. Is Really, all of this is plugged into that gift, the discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12. Okay, when you have the operation, now here's what I have, to un, uh, I have to tell you because this is my understanding. I'm not saying, I'm, a, I'm not here before you as a theologian, but I do love the scripture, okay? And I'm not self-taught, I'm Holy Spirit taught. Hallelujah, okay? <laughs> I have read a lot of theology books, and I have, uh, you know, but I just see the scripture differently. I look at it differently. I, I have a, this thing that Holy Spirit gave to me, and it was actually uh, an impartation where I was able to uh, literally unlock from tradition and begin to see things in the scripture that, whoa, that I, that's not really normally taught. Now, what is normally taught, this is very simple, but what is normally taught is when you have a gift of the Holy Spirit, okay, that the gift comes and it's in you. You have it, okay? It's in you. Well, I want to propose to you a different idea, okay? Gifts come and go. Gifts come to pass. Gifts happen, okay? And the scripture talks about this, that some of the gifts are multiple gifts. Gifts of healings, okay? Gifts of the workings of powers. That's not one. It's more than one. Powers, gifts of the workings of dunamis, which we have to understand it's not the workings of, of just uh, miracles. A lot of times people say miracles, but powers are actually angelic beings, and that gift helps you to operate with those angelic beings, okay? So, and angelic beings, you know, it says an angel came down and stirred the waters, and every time it stirred the waters, someone stepped in and got healed, Right? Well, we know that angelic beings are here. Now, they're not angels in the traditional sense. They're powers. They're different. But Jesus is above all principalities, powers, okay? And just as there are principalities and powers in the demonic realm, there, we have princes, okay? Not principalities in the same way, but the angels in hierarchy, okay, that have an authority that can confront a power in the demonic realm, and they, have, they are a power, Okay? They, are, they carry the dunamis of God. And so we need to know how to utilize when we sense one of them, we can operate in a power realm. Does this make sense? It's a partnership with a supernatural being. It's not I'm controlling them or they're controlling me. It's a partnership because we're serving the Lord God. Okay? Does this make sense? 
Okay. When an angel comes, listen, I operate in a word of knowledge gift, but I go into a different realm when an angel stands by my side. If an angel stands by my side, I could feel the angel and the vibration of that. It's a power, and all of a sudden, I step out of word of knowledge into the workings of powers, and now I can see into people's lives crazy things. That's a different realm. A lot of people think it's word of knowledge. Well, the, that that workings of powers can also uh, uh, partner with the word of knowledge, okay? And um, so discernment of spirits is a gift. But just as every other gift, they come to pass. The spirit gives the gifts to each one as he wills, as he wills, okay? Now, it doesn't mean that you possess the gift. It means that you are more inclined to receive that type of gift, and it will come and go. For instance, a word of knowledge, right? Every word of knowledge is a gift. Not every word of knowledge gift produces words of knowledge. It's not every word of knowledge gift produces words of knowledge, okay? You don't have one gift and all of a sudden it just words of knowledge just start coming out. Every time you get a word of knowledge, you're receiving a word of knowledge gift, okay? So you're learning how to receive gifts, right? We're all learning how to receive gifts from our Father, Okay, so every word of knowledge that comes, it's not because you have the gift of the word of knowledge, you're receiving gifts of the word of knowledge. Does this make sense? Okay, and that's why when you lean in, you start listening, you pay attention, you're going to receive more. Okay, and, and it just keeps coming, it keeps coming because God's a good gift. Okay, discernment of spirits is something that we can operate in in the same way. It's a gift and it comes and it goes. So let's kind of go over this idea of how discerning of spirits relates to the working with angelic powers. So basically, here's the idea. The idea is this. We present our bodies, our physical bodies, as instruments of the Lord for his own purposes so that we may discern what is his desire and what is his will in situations. So we can partner with angels in these different expressions of ministries. Romans 12 verse 1 through 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we are ministering, the Lord sends different angels, different types of hosts, that can bring gifts from the Father of Lights into the room. And we can sense angelic activity primarily through feeling with our physical bodies heat, electricity, or vibrations, or winds. And we may also see angelic lights, or we may hear winds and their movement. But here are common manifestations on our bodies, and just remember that this is a subjective list to what I and others I personally know of experience so just ask the Lord what he may be directing you when you feel similar sensations from his spirit but this is a basic description of discernment by visions from angelic help through the Holy Spirit's leadership you may feel heat and this is which is often related to the function of healing gifts uh, you may feel electricity and this is sometimes related to miracle gifts needed in demonstrations of God's power you may feel winds, and that could be related to the revelatory gifts or prophecy gifts. You may see with your spirit eyes or natural eyes flashes of light, and this is 
I believe related to revelatory and prophetic gifts being you know ready to be released you may also hear winds and that I believe is also related to the angelic activity with revelatory and prophecy gifts so 1 Corinthians 12 verse 5 says there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service but it is the same Lord who is served so now I'm going to share some examples of people I found that partner with angelic ministries. This first is about Bill Johnson of Bethel Church in Redding, California. Now, this is from a note that I wrote in my Bible that I had during BSSM. And Bill revealed this in a Q&A with students in a second year BSSM session. So he's kind of doing a Q&A and they're asking him, you know, how do you know where you go in a meeting? And I think they're asking about the role of, of angels even in in that kind of setting and this is the quote that I wrote down from Bill it uh, this is what I wrote in my Bible this is from 2009 he said I have a ministering angel of revelation on my right side and I have a spirit of healing at my left in meetings whoever prompts me more in meetings determines the way the meeting will go if it's a revelation angel will give more words of knowledge. If it's the healing angel, there will be more praying in the meeting, i.e. authority. So that was one of the first uh, instances that I, I really heard about this idea of partnering or may, maybe the better way of is saying paying attention to angelic ministry, angelic activity for the sake of uh, ministering to people. And I would this is this was always a moment that stood out to me uh i i haven't forgot this i wrote it down in my bible and this example from bill johnson saying this is still sticking with me uh today uh i want to go on to another example this is from todd bentley this is a quote from todd bentley he said this i have had several different kinds of angelic visitations angels in the bible are ministering spirits Though they obey God's word and are also messengers, when the angel visits me on the night of a service, I'll instantly have divine information about some of the attendees. I'll know first, last, and middle names, and even names of family members. When the angel visits, the frequency and accuracy of the word of knowledge goes off the charts. So what Todd's saying is basically there is a connection between uh, gifts of the spirit and angelic partnership and he goes on to say angels some of angels functions include ministering and healing so angels can operate in the area of healing in fact there was an angel who was active in the voice of healing revival named healing revival he showed up more in recent years Often people think they've never heard of healing angels until I point them to this passage in John 5. But the important thing to remember is that these angels don't do the healing, but they do help bring God's healing. You'll see more miracles and healings in your life and ministry when you welcome his angelic activity. We need healing angels because many sicknesses and diseases are caused by demons. We need angels to war and take authority over the demonic realm. In my ministry, I first saw the angel named Healing Revival on December 5th, 2000 in Grants Pass, Oregon. It was the 50th anniversary of the day William Branham and Paul Kane 
brought the healing revival to the Pacific Northwest. The conference was all about redigging the ancient wells, and the moment the angel came, I received my gift of revelation, and my prophet's mantle accelerated tenfold. The angel visited me again in Albany, Oregon the next February. He stood in the church service, and then his body passed through the ceiling of the church. The Lord told me the angel's name, and it was the same angel I saw in Grant's Pass. When he comes, I receive a gift, the ability to diagnose people's sicknesses. If I touch someone with my left hand, I immediately know his or her condition. At times, the angel brings very accurate words of knowledge, including people's names, nicknames, and the year they were injured and where they're from. Whenever he shows up, the miracles go off the charts. The working of miracles gift is being a gift that with the gift of discerning of spirits can help us partner with angelic beings for the will of God to come forth. And here's another example. This is seen and witness in the life and ministry of William Branham. So here's a little bit about what the partnership with the angelic looked like in William's life. So this is about William Branham. According to Branham's personal testimony, which he has often shared publicly during the late 40s and throughout the 50s, he had an angelic visitation with a supernatural commissioning that occurred late at night after many hours of prayer. A heavenly light appeared. It looked like an amber or an emerald star of fire illuminating the room around him. At that moment, Branham heard footsteps walking towards him and someone he saw someone standing in the light. An angelic messenger greeted him as in the Bible, Fear not, for I am sent from the presence of Almighty God. The Lord was looking for a messenger to fulfill a divine mandate and to introduce the supernatural dimension of heaven to a new generation. Clearly, the humility and devotion of Branham captured heaven's intention and opened the door for this man to be used in significant ways. A plan initiated before the foundation of the world was set in motion for him. The time had clear, clearly arrived for his destiny to be fulfilled. The angel informed William Branham that he was called to take a message of divine healing around the world. The angel promised him that if he could get people to believe, nothing would hinder the fulfillment of, of his prayers, not even cancer. Branham introduced his generation and ours to the revelatory realm of heaven. These signs and wonders acted as a platform to birth faith in the supernatural power of God. Notable supernatural impartation was released during this angelic visitation. The angel told him that just like Moses, he'd be given two signs as signs of this impartation. Whenever he took a person's right hand with his left, he would, by revelation, perceive the person's physical condition. This was the first spiritual gift. It allowed the minister to detect through revelatory insight the specific illnesses, demonic oppressions, and deadly diseases that were afflicting the people. Whenever Branham prophesied a precise illness or condition, his listeners' faith in God was elevated, allowing incredible healing and miracles. The angel promised Branham that God would give him a gift, a second gift, if he used the first one with humility. The next gift he gave him was discernment of thoughts and secrets of the heart and that would take people to an even deeper level of faith. Just as Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well had, the unfolding of personal history and intimate secrets ignited faith. People rose above shame and unbelief and engaged the revelatory realm of heaven. Their response is a prophetic model for our generation. You know, the Bible declares that the living word is active, alive, and a discerner of the thoughts and desires of the heart. 
This is in Hebrews 4, verse 12. The gift of discernment offers a far greater dimension in God than the expression of a simple word of knowledge. It is a reflection that the Lord has removed the veil, dividing soul and spirit, and all things are open and exposed to Him. When operating in the gift of revelatory discernment, Brennan would stand before the people and communicate by supernatural insight with help of the angels their name, illness, history, address, private prayers and desires, and many other secrets known only to God. Those present in the meetings testify that this dimension of God generated a tangible expectation of faith. People believed that anything was possible in such an atmosphere of heavenly anointing. The messenger from heaven shared many things with Branham during their lengthy conversation. Branham's ministry introduced a different dimension in God not seen or demonstrated on such a scale at any time throughout church history. Its foundation was a union with Christ with the Lord living in the midst of his people and doing through them the same works that he did while on the earth. This was in the 1940s and 50s. In fact, Gordon Lindsay, the founder of Christ for the Nations, wrote of this spiritual experience. The results of the angelic visitation to William Branham have been a steadily rising tide of revival that has sounded throughout the whole world, and the end is not yet. Following his angelic encounter, Brother Branham emerged with a deep anointing of revelation and power that directly or indirectly touched millions of people and launched a worldwide revival. Countless thousands were miraculously healed of the most hideous infirmities and deadly diseases during the ministry of this man and others who followed. A divine presence distinguished Branham's life and ministry. The living word discerned and communicated through Branham the thoughts of the heart with profound precision. He was given glimpses into the plan and destiny of heaven for individuals and corporate bodies. His ministry was a forerunner model that foresaw the impact of a body of believers who will emerge in our day and embody the living word. The signs and wonders that follow will release a bridal revival that will be identified according to John 14 verse 12, a greater works generation. So, that's a little introduction about William Branham and some of his gifts that he's given, specifically through his angelic visitation. So, my question is, what did William Branham's ministry look like? Well, it was actually easier to show the gift than it was to explain it. You know, when the audience saw this discernment by vision, many people realized that such unerring unerring accuracy was humanly impossible. And William Branham explained that Jesus Christ was present in the form of the Holy Spirit, revealing himself through a gift administrated by an angelic being. And this is this is a kind of how it worked. This is a, a description of how it worked. Although William Branham didn't understand exactly how the visions took place, he did recognize a pattern that helped him to know what to expect. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about the working of miracles related to angelic partnership. So when the angel of the Lord would come down into a meeting, William Branham felt a distinctively holy presence that made his flesh tingle as though the air was charged with electri uh, like electrical energy. Often, William Branham saw the angel of the Lord in his meeting, 
in his meetings looking like a bubble of light hanging in the air only a few feet away from him. The angel always stood on William's right side. As the people in the prayer line walked forward, they too sensed that angelic presence near at hand. Their expressions often changed. Many <laughs> fidgeted nervously, and some even stepped back a little bit. So, as people were talking, William would keep his eyes fixed on the people, and then the people would shrink and simultaneously rise up in the air. So a vision differed from a dream, but both while he was awake, he actually seemed to be there. So he was having these like open visionary experiences. He explained the vision one time, and he said it was like being in two places at once. On one level, he knew he was still in the auditorium talking to a huge crowd. Yet at another time, there he was, perhaps 40 years back in time, he was watching something happen in, in the life of someone else. It was like he was standing in another world, in another dimension. And while the vision unfolded its story, he could still talk to the crowd. In fact, he could not keep from talking. During the vision, he seemed to have no control over his voice. It was though the Lord Jesus was talking through him using Bill's vocal cords to describe what was happening in the vision. And he might have been watching a sin in the patient's life or an accident or some other re relevant event like an operation or a visit to the doctor. And if the crowd remained quiet, William Branham could even hear what the doctor said in the examination room. And Bill would repeat, William would he repeat for all to hear. It never failed to be right. And that demanded attention. So let's look at a few testimony snapshots taken from the life of William Branham and these are found in some of his biographies. William Branham didn't speak to his brother as they drove to Calvary Chap sorry, Chal Calvary Temple for ministry service. His thoughts were centered on the Holy Spirit. In his hotel room, the angel of the Lord had visited him. Even when Bill could not see the angel, he could always tell when the angel came near. A pressure would touch his skin like a breeze that was charged with electricity. In the presence of this supernatural being, Bill would grow numb with awe and fear. Although the angel had met him hundreds of times, Bill always felt apprehensive at his coming. However, the fear would diminish when the angel spoke. Often visions followed. Bill had no control over these visions. At such times, he could, couldn't even control his own voice. He said nothing to his brother Howard on the way to church because he didn't want to disturb the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was upon him. He knew his gift would automatically operate under that anointing, draining his energy, and he needed to save his strength for the night's meeting. At another time, William Brandon was talking to an angel in the middle of a healing meeting, and he said, Sir, I'm afraid they won't receive me. He said, If they won't hear the first sign, then it won't come to pass that you will know the very secrets of their hearts. This they will hear. I said, Sir, that's why I'm here tonight. I've been told by clergymen that those visions came to me wrong. And the angel said, You were born into this world for that purpose. And when Bill finished his testimony, an unseen presence settled beside him, overwhelming his emotions with a sacred awe so tangible that it made his skin tingle. He knew the angel of the Lord was standing beside him. Then he felt the angel leave him and glide over the audience. He could see it plainly now, an amber ball of fire shining like a camera flash that would not fade. Bill watched its movement closely. He knew that his visions were somehow connected with that light of the angel. 
and the angel stopped over a black woman. William Branham felt her faith pulling on his gift. There's a black lady sitting back there with her hands up. Stand up so I can single you out. I'm just a man, but Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He sent his spirit to vindicate these things. If God will tell me what's wrong with you, and you know that there's no way for me to have contact with you at all, will you believe with all your heart? And the woman answered, Yes. Well, God bless you. Your high blood pressure has left you. That's what you had, isn't it? Isn't that right? Then sit down. You feel different, don't you? Don't you, lady? Yeah, that's right. The little lady sitting next to you, she is suffering with arthritis and a female trouble. Isn't that right, lady? Just stand up a minute. The little lady with the red dress on, you were so close to that angel, and now the vision has come to you. You have arthritis, female trouble, and something else. You are worried about your husband. He's a drunkard. He won't go to church. If that's right, could you just raise your hand? And she confirmed with her upraised arm. Well, God bless you, lady, he said. Go home now and receive your healing. Your blessing. You're healed. I saw it turn right around you. The angel floated back to the, to the back of the sanctuary. Bill William Branham kept talking to the crowd while he waited to see where the light would stop. And suddenly, he felt a light pressure which made his skin tingle. The angel of the Lord was near. On a night in February 1951, while William Branham was explaining his ministry to his audience in Los Angeles, he felt the angel of the Lord leave his side and move out over the audience. That in itself was not uncommon in his meetings, except that the angel usually didn't do this until after the prayer line had started and faith was generally higher. Perhaps there was someone here who had already had tremendous faith. William Branham studied the crowd while he talked. Then he saw it, a pillar of fire burning as brightly as a camera flash. It hung over a thin man who was sitting over towards the rear of the sanctuary next to an aisle. William watched that supernatural light until it became a vision. Although his eyes remained open, he could no longer see the crowded sanctuary of the Calvary Temple. Instead, he saw a vision of a boy pulling a wagon up to a haystack on a summer day. The boy climbed to the top of the haystack and started pitching hay down into the wagon box. One part of Bill's mind was dimly aware that he was still at Calvary Temple in Los Angeles, talking to thousands of people, but the active part of his mind was there, at that haystack, watching a drama unfold. It felt like being in two places at once. As he watched, he continued to speak into the microphone. I see a boy playing on top of a haystack. He's dressed very odd. Oh, he fell off the haystack and struck his back on the wagon. I see a man pick him up and take him to a doctor. The doctor's got a white mustache and is wearing glasses that slip down to the end of his nose. I see the doctor working on the boy, but it's no use. Nothing can be done. The doctor sends him home to bed, and the boy gets so bad that he can't even stand the vibration of someone walking across his bedroom floor. I see them boring holes in the wooden floor to reduce the vibrations. Now the boy is doing some kind of work. Oh, he's writing. Now he's become a great man. I see them rolling around in a wheelchair. He can't even walk if he uses crutches in a back brace. I see him sitting at a bench and people are applauding his speeches. And folks, I don't know why, but I see the White House in Washington, D.C. and now it's left me. And the rapid succession of scenes faded away. And William was again looking at the people in Calvary Temple. He could no longer see the light of the angel at the back of the sanctuary. So he studied the faces of those who were sitting near the light where the light had been. And there he is, William said, pointing. It's the old man sitting back there with a pair of crutches lying in the aisle next to his seat. That was the man who he had just described, his vision. 
and often in a vision he would see a, a bright light burst around the patient indicating that the person was healed. So I hope that some of those stories with William Branham could help illustrate just an example of a man who was walking in this gift of working in miracles gift that is partnership with angels that is coupled with the gift of word of knowledge at a higher level. You know, there's a modern day example that I would love to share uh, from Sean Boltz that there was a time when Sean Boltz was completely jaded with the entire prophetic movement and the Lord broke in and sovereignly initiated a new expression of detailed words of knowledge that function with the help of angelic ministry in his own life. This is back in like 2013, I think. I want to point out that there are details in his story that he's about to share. I'm going to share a clip. At this point in his life, that these details point to expression of partnership with angels, with words of knowledge. And it's not just the, the word of knowledge gift. It is a word of knowledge gift coupled with and tethered to the working with powers, the working with angelic powers. Now listen to how Sean states how the Lord would speak to him in one ear, an inner audible voice in his left ear, and listen to when Sean ministered at Bethel Church at the leader's advance, how he had that dream of the angel of the Lord ministered near him for accurate words of knowledge to be demonstrated in front of all. Now I believe that this, that this example that Sean's about to share can be seen as an expression of the working of miracles, working with the powers gift. So listen to Sean as he shares his story of this encounter back in 2012, 2013. And about three years ago, I, I started to have a God encounter where uh, a lot of this word of knowledge thing kicked into gear. And it was funny because at that point, I was probably the most jaded with the prophetic culture and healing culture of the church. In that, I'm at the end of all that going, I can't do this anymore, like I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I love prophecy. I love when people prophesy over me, it's legit. I get 100 weird ones for every good one, but the good ones are worth it, so I don't care about the 99 or 100 weird ones. But I'm just like, you know, I don't wanna do this anymore though as a function. So I went war in my identity with my calling just three years ago. Give me my life back, please, Jesus, you know, basically almost backsliding. And, uh, and I'm saying this and I'm complaining, going, this is the worst me I've ever been in, and it was my fault because my heart's wrong. You have to help me here. And, and I hear him laugh. In my left ear, I hear the Lord internally audibly laugh. It was such a weird experience that I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I've helped people check in to psychiatric evaluation. And I was thinking about it. I'm going, oh no, I'm hearing laughter in my ear. And it was for a while. So then all of a sudden I hear God, like a father's voice say, and it felt like love, there was feeling to it. It wasn't just a voice. There's feeling to it say, I love you. And these are some things I wanna do in your life. And tells me 12 of the most personally, beautifully things I've ever heard. And I go, you know I have unbelief in this area. Obviously I'm, I'm breaking down in this area. Heal my unbelief. And he laughs again. And I said, tomorrow I'm going to speak through you in a way you've never heard me on this clarity. And it will prove to you, as you prophesy over some other people, it will prove to you, to you personally, that I'm doing this, that I'm going to do these 12 things, that this is real. And I'm like, it's on. Um, so so I, I go into the Starbucks that's inside of there, and I grab a coffee. And why I'm there, why the coffee came to me, I hear Debbie in the same left ear, Debbie works in the bakery. She's lost her daughter two years ago, but she's had an encounter with my heart. And she's going to write a book out of this encounter and heal so many Christians of grief. 
I want you to go talk to Debbie. So I run, I'm so excited. I'm like, this is it. And I run to the bakery. Like, this is the best thing ever. So I go, does she have a daughter named Allison? And she goes, yes. And I go, did she pass away just two years ago? And she goes, and a bunch of people in the church start getting tears, you know? And I said, God is with her. She had an encounter with God about her daughter. She's going to write a book that heals people from grief. She's a, no, no, no. She goes, she's not here because she went to help a family who just lost her son. And so she went away the weekend. She wanted to be here so bad. And I'm, all of a sudden it started and I prophesied over four other groups of people and it was so specific. I was so blown away by God in me, you guys. I wasn't, and I'm not saying self-indulgently, you know, it's linked to whatever God told me. He said he was going to prove it through speaking through me. And I went back and go, you love them this much. You love me this much. This is crazy. Like, like, you know, it's God when you're blown away. So here I am in the most jaded, confused area of my life towards the prophetic, leaving it behind. And all of a sudden I'm on, like, I'm like, this is awesome. And I was so used to the normal that I was, I was shocked by two days of just wonder and the prophetic going, this is, this is, this is awesome. So we're going to the leaders advance at Bethel and Reading, which is our home church for um, to help plant us in Los Angeles. And so um, Pastor Bell always asked me, what's God showing? He's like my spiritual dad. What's God showing you right now? Like he'll text me like, do you get anything? Blah, 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 whatever. So he's like, he, I, I know he's going to ask me what God's showing me. And I'm like, this is, this is going to be weird. But that night before I got there, I had a dream. And here's, here's the kind of the kicker. In the dream, I'm standing on the stage at Bethel and I'm ministering. I'd ministered there many times, but I'm ministering. And the angel of the Lord is in front of me and he's touching me right here. And it's 1 Corinthians 2. He's touching the deep places in me and connecting him to the thoughts of the Father in heaven. Just the love thoughts. It's the culture of the love heart of God. And I'm, I'm hearing his, his heart. And then I get 12 groups of words of knowledge for different people in the room. So it's over like family groups or units or churches or whatever. And it's so specific that I was able to write it all down and remember it all when I woke up. And so I was like, this is incredible. But I didn't know if it was real when I, when, when I woke up. But it, the dream kept going. And he said, and, and the angel of the Lord said, uh, I, I'm going to speak to you and release you to do what Paul Cain told you. Now, Paul Cain's about six or seven years ago. He said, Sean, I was a token to a generation. And when God began to speak through me, I was rare in a generation. But God is going to come on you with the same kind of prophetic gift, and it will even go further. But you won't be a token. You're going to be a bridge that when you start to prophesy this way, millions will begin to prophesy this way. And what I was doing will look small and immature compared to what's coming in the next move of God. I think that's cool. Like 15 of you think it's amazing. I love that. So in the, in the dream, the angel of the Lord saying, become the bridge of Paul's word. And they said, it's time that God, uh, God wants to re-release the word of knowledge gift to stun and awe humanity, to restore the awe of God. And he flies up and he says the awe of God and blows the roof off of Bethel. And I'm like, oh my God, looking up at the wonders of heaven, just going, ah, you know, this is like what I've waited for my whole life. And I wake up and I'm like, that better not just be a dream. Please don't be just a dream. That's a, I, I, I like this, God, everything I've ever said that I didn't like. I was a little intimidated, but I got up and God showed up and showed off in a big way. And I realized this is real. This is, this is what's happening right now. You're restoring word of knowledge because what I've learned in the last three years, and this is for all of you. Some of you are like, I just don't have that gifting. 
The Bible says eagerly desire prophecy. This is one of the prophetic gifts. The reason why is because it proves God's love faster than anything else. What happens in 25 therapy appointments can happen in one prophetic word. What happens in 26 consultations for life coaching or business coaching can happen in one instantaneous sovereign harvest moment of God. Well, I hope that this time has been uh, enlightening and some maybe it's piqued your interest. You know, this is such an interesting topic. I've been looking into this ever since I, I heard that uh, quote from Bill Johnson when I was in school about there's an angel at his right and his left and he kind of tries to pay attention uh, depending on where he's going to go with the meeting. So I hope that you found this, this session interesting. We're going to get more into the different variety of gifts of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me just end this in prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work and the miracles gift. Lord, I thank you that there seems to be in the lives of saints, the lives of believers. We look at Bill Johnson, we look at Jamie Galloway and Sean Boltz, and even in the life of William Branham's early ministry, God, there seems to be a connection between the work and the miracles gift and partnership with angels in connection with greater healings and greater words of knowledge and prophecy. So, Father, we ask that you would teach us and train us and tutor us in your ways, Lord. Show us your ways that, may, that we may walk with you in more signs and wonders that bring glory to your son, Jesus, and bring him the fullness of his inheritance. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.